do you agree with the with the 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 phrase that the the entire world, the entire sphere of your experience and of your outlook exists entirely in your own head? It does. Yeah, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. There's that. I'll go. You know, I'll that, go along with you on this journey. If you could, please come with. Come with. Yeah. I mean, m- many better minds than mine have wondered if my version of a particular color that I see is the same as your version of a particular color. Do you see where I'm going? No, this drives me crazy, to be honest with you. So, same. yeah, I'm I'm following you. Same. Um, now we think about it, right? Uh, I've always had really shitty eyesight, right? I've always been really short-sighted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, through school, time and time again, people are like, hey, Mark, let me try on your glasses. So they'd try my specs on. <laughs> and invariably, right, one of the first things they'd say is, uh, so... Is what I can see through these glasses the same as what you can see without them? And my response would always be, "How the fuck am I supposed to know what you can see <laughs> through my glasses? You fucking idiot!" Um, That's a really good know, point. In those terms, you know, I was young. Um, I yeah, actually my... like to imagine that young you talked exactly like this voice and yeah, all, just like did. a did. miniature, like eight-year-old Mark <laughs> with the same deep voice, same foul language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I. I haven't tempered that at all. But my point is, your outlook is all is all you have. Your right. outlook is all you have, which is why it's so fascinating to me when that outlook, for whatever reason, be it you know degenerative illness in your brain or be it trauma resulting from an injury, that can result in some pretty fucking terrifying conditions of delusion, right? Mm, yeah. Um, one that I keep going back. I to. I feel like I'm, you're about to. Yeah, you're about to tell me about a terrifying one, aren't you? Well, terrifying, yes, but but for the sufferer, terrifying for the sufferer, right? And it isn't lost on me, by the way, that that the past three episodes have been me banging on about cranial trauma, right? That isn't lost on me. Clearly, clearly a little (laughs) bit fixated on that. Yeah, Yeah. that is true. I feel like that's a therapy session uh, just waiting to happen. That light bulb went off earlier on. Hang on, I talk a lot about fucking brain damage a lot, don't I? Anyway, (laughs) um, in particular, right, one that I, one that cat, captures my imagination that I keep going back to is called the Capgra Delusion, right? Capgra. Capgra, Capgra Delusion. Uh, named after the guy who first diagnosed it. Capgra. Okay. C-A-P-G-R-A-S. And this... Ooh, that's yeah, a French-ass yeah. name. He's a French-ass guy. I'll tell you this. <laughs> or was. Um, sure. But the the sufferers of the Capgra Delusion, and uh, this has been diagnosed in people, again, after trauma, again, with... Uh, maybe Alzheimer's, dementia, brain degenerative conditions, the sufferer becomes convinced that loved ones, friends, or family members, sometimes many, sometimes just one, have been replaced with an identical intruder. Stop that. What? Wild. What? Absolutely wild. They would... Okay, so they sustain some form of head trauma, right? Yeah, yeah, They wake up in the hospital and they don't Uh have, like, amnesia. They remember everybody. It could be a brother, sister, a partner. But wait a minute, you're you're not... You've been replaced. You're not you. What? (laughs) That's bananas. I mean, it's... it's, I can't even... Mm -hmm. I'm having trouble processing this at, at, at... the moment do they see everybody that way like is the whole it world it this... varies it varies okay um, I, I, in in uh, from my reading for most cases it, it's limited to, to you know one two individuals but th- okay. that's the lot that's the long you you look like you and you sound like you but the fuck you're not you 
and it, it can you know result in in kind of violent temper and, and kind of fear and anxiety terror who the fuck where what have you done with you know uh, it's so it's kind thing. of like an instant dementia in a way right because I yes. know like that would happen with my grandmother a little bit like you know when mm-hmm. she was you know towards the end she would kind of get like violent and weird because she thought someone wasn't who they said they were or they had yep. like ill intentions and things yes. like that but this is like an instantaneous something yep. happens yep. and then they and get there's nothing that person can do there's nothing that, that the, the imposter can do to convince the sufferer otherwise and they're I'm not going to go into them in depth, but there are, there are so many others. Um, you're going to love this one. There's uh, uh, Cotard's syndrome, right? Okay. Where the sufferer believes they have died. They, they've died. The sufferer believes that they themselves are dead, or that a part of their body or internal uh, kind of structures have died, and that they are walking around in a state of having died. No way. Wild. That's. So what I'm so interested in these people. How um how common are these? Do you know? Yeah. Like how often does this happen to people? And does uh, it stay that way? Is it permanent? Yeah, it is because right. So it's it's that rare that it's difficult to to kind of treat. It's difficult to get diagnosed right. properly. Some thinking is that it's down to a uh, uh, damage to um visual acuity, so being able to kind mm. of associate the image of somebody with the the kind of the memories that you have stored with them when when those structures in your brain are out of kilter you're seeing someone who you know you know but yet you don't know them yeah it's like always being in that state of recognizing someone in public but not being sure where yes. you know them from yes 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 and there are variations on it the, the last one i'll mention uh is uh, the, the frigoli delusion which is a disorder in which a person holds the belief that many different people are in fact the same person changing disguise what? No. Incredible. Holy moly. This Incredible. Is, I mean, I feel terribly for anyone who would suffer from any of these yep. things because I'm just trying to imagine yep. what that would be like to have. You can't trust your own. Your own brain is gaslighting you. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly All what the it time. is. Yes. And every t- and I'm sure there must be some sense. I guess they would be like, I know I, I knew the person who. I think I'm seeing or I don't think I'm seeing right now. Yep. They must question where that person is. It must give them all this other paranoia based on like if you're a replacement mm-hmm. for the person that I think Exactly, I know, exactly. Where where have they gone? What have you done with them? Do you know? You know what I mean? Who knows? Th- yeah, this, this... Who's in on this and why yes. isn't anyone else noticing that this is We happening? mentioned uh, invasion of the body snatchers before. That's yeah. what this is. Um yeah, You ever seen Goodnight Mommy? I don't think so. Beautiful film. German, I want to say. Uh, It's about two kids, two brothers, uh, and their uh, mother goes off for facial surgery. I think it's cosmetic surgery. I can't quite remember. But she comes back, and they're convinced that under the bandages is someone totally different. It's a play on Capgra delusion. I love it, Corrie. But uh, but again, going back to what I said, your entire experience is entirely contained within your skull. Yeah. And if that goes fucky... I mean, and that makes sense as to why you have this fixation on it, uh, where part of me now after three weeks of this is like, I never want to think about my brain ever again, because I'm terrified of what's going on in there. <laughs> but it's so true that everything is all this construction. And, you know, all I, in there. having been in an MA and a PhD program, you spend a lot of time looking at various philosophies of things like this, which always drove me 
up the mm. wall. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many kinds of ideas of like, is any sense of what reality is around us yeah. real? You know, like to what extent does anything even material exist? You know, how we see each other. Have we all just agreed on these certain things, but they don't look or sound or feel or smell or taste at all the same to any of us. But yet we've trained ourselves to believe certain things are beautiful and ugly and whatever else. And And it's just one of those other great frustrating eternal questions that you can never ever fucking answer and that's what always Uh. drives me crazy about it i think you know you used colors as an example because that's one of the ones where i constantly think about it Mm. um and that there's like a very normal color like yellow or something like that that i read about that like genuinely none of us actually see the same or that it it wow exists in some weird spectrum that we don't totally understand so we've all just kind of filled in something Mm. as yellow i'm completely butchering this concept but (laughs) just to say that there is something like that that i found out we all have a delusion about and like just by pure science of the light that creates this color there's no way that we're seeing it correctly and Yep, absolutely. Ah! So these kinds of things that happen when someone has a head injury are really mm-hmm. just, it's pulling back the curtain on what's happening in our brains that we're unaware of most absolutely. of the time. Just how little we know. Um, and just to wrap this up, I mean, the, the opposite is true as well. I mean, you see some f- absolutely phenomenal stuff in the field of, of brain surgery. Did you see the violinist? Um, the, the one who did, bra- like, when they were doing brain surgery and they... Uh-huh, yep. And Merrily they played the just, violin. I don't know yeah. why I move my hands, that is not a violin. <laughs> <That's>, but... <laughs> I, we, both, we both just acted out violins and made something like, nothing like violins. I, I play the flute and nobody ever acts that out right either, so I apologize oh, to anyone who theoretically... No. <laughs> See, you just did it wrong! <laughs> it's, your hands go two directions on a flute. They're not both the same way. Okay. There we go. Anyway, tune in next week for more of Mark's fucking head trauma fixation. Yeah, head trauma. (laughs) This, I had one more thought on it and I can't remember Mm. what it was, which is, and now I'm just worried about my brain, so that's Mm. good. Um, Yeah, that's horrifying. So thank you for giving me another thing to uh, worry about my head. I'm going to wear a helmet everywhere from this point forward. (laughs) You're most welcome. Or just get yourself some trepanation and you will cease to care it won't matter because you'll <laughs> be will, fucking be plugged in mate bothered by all of this it's gonna be fine like who cares are you my brother are you not my brother it's fine it's all good it's Let's chill we can hang Let's out play mahjong <laughs> <laughs> um i think that might be my horror fetish in fact my favorite genre of horror movie is boats oh i found a feather in my garden today must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Corey, exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One <laughs> hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me. Now I'm in life, though. This is, I'm, I'm fucking in. Yes! And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I'm finding so much out about myself on this journey. <laughs> It's really, this is a very therapeutic podcast. I know most mm. people wouldn't realize that, but mm. actually, uh, we're doing a lot of good therapy here. All joking so, aside, welcome to episode I four. Sincerely, oh. mean that this these uh, these these past weeks have been an absolute journey of discovery. I've made I've had some real life bulb moments. 
about my own <laughs> fixations. So thank you. Excellent. Oh, I love everything about that. That's great. That's a, you know what, listener, I hope you too are on this kind of journey with us. But if nothing else, we can say that uh, we're understanding our own brains a little bit better mm-hmm. through talking about the things that scare us. Yeah. Um. And again, if 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 I know I say this often, but if 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 you are with us, if you're still with us, then you're one of the good ones. You're one of the you're good people if you've made it this here, far. Here, here. Our people. <laughs> yes. uh, so we did promise that this week would be Jack of all lols. Jack of all lols. <laughs> a little bit more We were not going to, yeah, after we went in, got a little, uh, you know, deep, little yeah. um, upsetting last week. Mm. This week, we're going to keep it very lighthearted by talking about uh things that scared us as children and mm. specifically not just anything that scared us as children but specifically television shows that aired in the 80s and 90s that were scarier than they had any right to yeah. be at I, the time. I everyone, and often unintentionally everyone has them don't they everyone has oh yeah these you know with adult eyes stuff that you look back on thanks to the miracle of the internet and you think oh, yeah fuck this is completely innocuous yet for some reason <laughs> three four five-year-old me would shit at the very mention of some of this stuff honestly it's 50 50 with me mm. uh as we've said i'm an anxious person mm. uh with lots of weird fears of stuff so sometimes i look back on something and i'm like yeah why did I find that so scary? Mm. And other times, I'm like, no, no, I still find this horrifying, and I'm probably going to have nightmares about it. Yeah. So um, it's a toss up, really. I'll, yeah, I mean, my my biggie, which we'll get on to shortly. Uh, when I was doing a little bit of recapping and a little bit of research for this, some of those feelings came back, man. I, I swear yeah, to God, right? I swear to God. Yeah. While I was looking at it through YouTube, uh, uh, that motherfucker whose name I shan't mention yet. There was this little flutter of, oh, shit, I'm five years old and I'm absolutely terrified again. (laughs) And it's some of it is so inexplicable. And yet some of it is kind of everybody was on the same wavelength. And if you mention these kinds of things, they'll jump on board Mm. for like being very specific. You know, I said that I've always been terrified of clowns uh, and there is somewhere in this house a painting of a clown that my grandmother tried to put in my bedroom okay. uh, when I was a child, and uh, I refused to go to bed. I was just like, that's not yeah. happening. I was, you know, four four years old, and I was just like, nah, I'm mm. on sleep strike until that leaves. See, uh, that, that's and... OG clownophobia. That's yeah. not kind of <laughs> <laughs> internet lol clownophobia. That's actual... No, that was... Poltergeist from a very young age. Mm. Yeah. And when I look at that, I still am like, yeah, no, that's a horrifying, horrifying painting to me. But there's other stuff in that room that at the time, like, I found very nightmarish. Like, she had all these little jester dolls and things like that that were around. Um, that now I'm like, actually, they're kind of cute. Mm. But at the time, I think I connected them maybe to the clown. And it all just seemed like a room full of horrors. Bingo. So, you know, it's 50-50 with me on whether things from childhood are still mm. terrifying or uh, they... I now look back and think, what was I thinking? So clowns aside then, what were... What were yours? What, has there been anything that, that you've looked back on and gone, I, mate, I'm, I'm a grown up now and this has no power over me and yet? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Um, honestly, I think most of the time I at least under, I understand why I was scared of things. So 
If I look back, uh, a couple years ago, I was in Japan mm-hmm. and I got very sick. I got like the flu or something while we were there. And my husband went and he um, hiked Mount Fuji and I just stayed in the hotel room for Ugh. like three or four days, you mm. know, throwing up. What I did during that time was I rewatched Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are you familiar with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'm familiar. Is, is it a kind of a goosebumpsy kind of. Young mm-hmm. adults. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, it was, you know, an anthology type show. You had these kids. They sat around a campfire. They called themselves the Midnight Society. And every episode, one of them would have to tell a story. And they'd start it with, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Yes, I call this nice. the tale of, and then it would be called something. Mm. Uh, and there was, I remember as a kid, so many of these were absolutely scarring, including the first episode that aired was one about a clown. His name was Zebo the Clown, and he had he smoked these cigars and he accidentally burned down the like circus tent with or the fun house with him in it, and then he haunted the place Whoa. afterwards. But then he follows this kid who steals the nose of the clown from inside the rebuilt fun house. Yikes. And so this kid does it as like a prank or whatever, and he goes home and then the, he like goes to warm up his dinner that his mom left him and it's full of cigars yeah. and he like drops it on the ground and all of a sudden in the sauce there's like the shape of like Zebo's shoe and Fantastic. then at one point he puts a, a um what you call it? a balloon under the door mm. and it like floats up and like inflates and it's like where's my nose and it's <laughs> like terrifying nice, this really kid nice. being home alone with this <laughs> thing and i'm 30 years old or whatever in japan watching this and i'm sitting there and i'm like this is still scary mm. this is still very scary and i'm alone in my hotel room <laughs> and it is absolutely terrifying so so i don't know pick, there's a lot to I pick still away hold. at that a little bit what what was it specifically about that that particular story that got you was it the clown was it the fact that it was an undead ghost clown was it the fact that it was a an undead ghost clown who was kind of imprinting on a kid what was it what was <laughs> the exact element that fired it in you that's a actually a really good question because i i think about that a lot mm. and i think what you said there about it, this ghost clown imprinting on a kid is a yep. huge part of it. Yeah. Because did you did you end up being able to watch the Erie Indiana episode that I, I certainly did. So this episode of Erie Indiana that I made Mark watch um was particularly scarring not for being the scariest episode of Erie Indiana, because there are many very scary mm. episodes of Erie Indiana, but that it was about a kid who gets hit by a truck Mm. and dies and then inhabits this other girl who uh, gets his heart as a transplant. Mm. And both of those, I think, come down to this, I'm a kid, can this happen to me? And the vulnerability of being like a child. Yeah. That, I feel like, had a lot to do with the ones that were especially terrifying to me, was just this vulnerability as a kid. Yeah, so I, I watched all of this this, uh, this episode of Erie Indiana that you're talking about, and I was left kind of wondering where the angle was there. The the because it it, just, it seemed quite a sweet story. It's it was quite nice. It, right. It, <laughs> this kid just wanted to take this girl to the dance, but she had the heart of another child within her, and it was it was um you know taken over and influencing her behavior. I get it. It's it's yeah yeah. Childhood is supposed to be this 
sacred time, isn't it? With no worries and no intrusions mm-hmm. and no fear mm-hmm. and no, you know, clowns fucking haunting <laughs> you from the nether realm. Uh, it feels like bare minimum that should be an expectation know, right? in childhood. Talk no dead clowns haunting you, mm. right? So, yeah, I think that that, and that was kind of why I was hoping that we'd be able to watch it at the same time so I could mm. explain this to you. But nonetheless, that was the angle I was going at. There's other episodes of that that, for example, the first episode of Erie, Indiana, which is about a child who moves from New Jersey to this town in Indiana that is the center of all that's weird in the world. Yeah, yeah. The first episode has like this woman who keeps her children in Tupperware to preserve them, and it's called Foreverware. No. And it's super, super creepy. Like, there's way scarier episodes of this show. That is dark. That is dark. Yeah, it's super dark. Um, But I think it really was about this sense of, you know, sadness and the idea of loss and all of that that made things even scarier Mm. to me i don't know did you ever have like did you ever have that feeling of vulnerability as a kid you know like something that scared you because you were aware of your own mortality all of a sudden uh not so much because uh, not because it brought my mortality into focus but um Erie, Indiana naturally leads us on to Twin Peaks, okay? Mm, yeah, of course. And I yeah. can... A defining moment of uh, my kind of um, uh, awakening to the, 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 the potential of, of serialized storytelling uh, was was that show. I remember yeah. s- plain as day uh, getting up super early one morning to watch it that I'd recorded the night before. I'd set the VHS and recorded the final episode. And literally, how old were you when this came out? Do you think what oh was that? Like ninety one? Uh, I, w- I was in junior school, uh, so I would have been about ten, maybe. Oh wow! Nine, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And it was like I said, nose pressed against the screen, watching that yeah. final episode unfold. And what it it, it just got me, man. Uh, but not because of any any kind of issues with mortality. More about this is is kind of oh man, it's so difficult to to, to explain. It's speaking a totally different language. Mm. That mm-hmm. the 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 Black Lodge and the way that people are moving and talking that is something mm-hmm, entirely mm-hmm. alien to my right. lived experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. It might as well that might as well have been a live feed from a different fucking planet. <laughs> And it was yeah, so alien and so unfamiliar, yet so evocative and so powerful. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I ever recovered. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what you were talking about, too, with all those, you know, things that can happen when you have a brain injury. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of that feeling that I was thinking about. Maybe things sort of like the uncanny valley, mm. you know, that sense of something being almost human, but not quite. Um, yeah. Or... Just this sense of, I mean, when you're looking at Twin Peaks, these are human beings and locations and things like that. But that eerie sense of displacement. That's it. That's it. It's displacement. These appear (laughs) to be human beings in that they look human, but they they are kind of tapping into a totally other, uh, uh, an alien realm. And and what you're seeing is coming from some, well, look, the, the little guy is literally the man from another place. You know, right? Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah, it's very disquieting when you end up watching something like that. And I also think of another, you know, another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that mm. was so horrifying because they did that a lot with that sense of um, 
almost being your world and then something cracking uh, you know and there was it, Corey, that is it yeah <laughs> there was this all one looks of so them. familiar to me and i get it and it yes. looks it looks like my world and and the air smells the same and yet wait a yeah. fucking minute something's wrong mm. exactly That's what it. a horrifying thought mm. and there's this one episode where um this kid is like working in an antique store at the mall and he is told by the boss like uh, not to play this one pinball game while he goes on break or something like that. Mm. And of course, the kid has to play the pinball game. Uh, and then when he goes out into the mall, he's now inside this pinball game. Oh, wow. And so he has to defeat all of these things. Like it's like a knight's kind of thing. So it's like a knight and he has to save a princess and mm. all of this kind of stuff. Uh and so finally he manages to, you know, do what he's supposed to do. He saved the princess. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to have won this game. And then he's in the mall. Everything sort of disappeared. But then all of a sudden he realizes he actually is still in the pinball machine. Yikes. And then this big silver ball comes and appears <laughs> at the top of the escalator. And it, you know, pulls nice. out to the the antique shop owner uh, just sort of laughing yeah, and being yeah, yeah. like, you know, I told you not to play the game. <laughs> and it's just that that sense for that moment where you think he's free and then you realize his world is now this game. Yep. And as real as it looks and all this stuff, he's stuck forever mm. in this. And it's, it's absolutely horrifying. Beautiful. Absolutely horrifying. It's a great show, honestly. I say, you know, it's very 80s, 90s-ish. And I love the, like, terms that they use that are very 90s. They're mm -hmm. always calling each other dweebs and things like that. <laughs> That's Dork. just like... <laughs> It's so great. It's so of its is there, time. Is there, but... is there an equivalent? What's the what's the twenty twenty equivalent? Is there anything that I'm constantly wondering about that because I feel well. Did you watch Gravity Falls? Ah, okay. Now this keeps getting recommended to me. Oh, um, you got to watch Gravity Falls. Okay. It's okay. Twin Peaks, the cartoon for kids. Sure. And it is absolutely wonderful and creepy, but very lighthearted. Uh -huh. And that's the closest I can really. Think well, of... the fact that you've said that is just even yeah. more, uh, even more confirmation of my certainty that Twin Peaks. There's a very strong case to be made that Twin Peaks is the single most influential television show uh, of our lifetimes. I believe. Um, Go it, on, I it, want to hear more. It has DNA everywhere, even today, mm -hmm. right? Even in 2020, the legacy of Twin Peaks is in. If Twin Peaks hadn't existed, just you know more than half of every show you'd ever seen would blink out of existence right so if you put mm. twin peaks at the center of a kind of a spider diagram that immediately went on to influence stuff like um uh northern exposure mm -hmm. um then northern uh, exposure erie indiana of course yeah um, definitely which in turn went on to influence stuff like x-files yeah, and right. then the lines just start spiraling out of control. That long, long, long game storytelling, um, yeah. the the small town kind of vibe of it, the the kind of scratch the surface and things are fucked kind of atmosphere. Um, right. Then it shows up again in Lost, um, and then off go. I, thought, the fucking... I was like, Lost has to come up in this because absolutely yeah. that influence is there, and yeah. then Lost is so influential on all the TV that comes after that, exactly, too. Exactly, exactly, so exactly. It's DNA. You don't have Lost that, without that. Twin Peaks. The paper trail just yeah. goes back. And even in stuff yeah. like um, The Sopranos, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking okay. Bad. 
it's yeah. all got this kind of small scale provincial kind of vibe of 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 mm. corruption and weirdness and everything might yeah. look cool but underneath the surface which is a big david lynch trope of course yeah but you can all just trace it well, back trace it back trace it back and especially Twin breaking there. bad mm-hmm. because you know this is and my friend wes had made this point years ago and i always thought it was very good he always said that um breaking bad is a small world yes right? so everything happens in this very insulated world sure yeah um and the consequences aren't very far reaching mm-hmm. for that show mm-hmm. right? it's like all of it happens in this one area kind of to one group of people yeah, and yeah it yeah. doesn't really stretch out outside of that but even even the the kind of the high school side of twin peaks right mm-hmm. where it was all bobby yeah. and shelly and whatnot that's you see that in dawson's creek <laughs> yes small sir. town Long, long, long form storytelling, very insular with just these kids. And then that mm-hmm. spirals off into lots of other shows. And it's all yeah. got Twin Peaks right there at the beginning. I'm convinced yeah. that you can yeah. make a case that it, it's it's wildly influential. I'm following you so far. So I don't know. Maybe this is this is a long form article that maybe uh, you need to <laughs> you need to write at some point of like, yeah. let me explain maybe. the DNA of Twin Peaks and everything that you watch. Because I actually do think there's a lot. To that, and because it is such like an auteur, yeah, uh, show, Singular. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times when you think about the inevitability of the way things will develop, uh-huh. you're like, eh, someone would have come up with it. Yes. No one would have no come chance. up with Twin Peaks. Only and one fucking you guy lose could that, done that DNA yep. mm-hmm. without the David Lynch mm-hmm. element of it. And so, yeah, I think you're right that our entire landscape of of pop culture would be very different. It, A very in, different place. Even in explicit ways, you know, uh-huh. there's so many things that explicitly go back and mm. say, you know, that they are referencing Twin Peaks. Like, that it's on purpose. Oh, in games, Thimbleweed Park, mate, is... Uh, yeah, Thimbleweed you know, Park. It's Twin Peaks. It's, it's X-Files Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, it's, yeah. It's it, also, it, it did lots of other cool stuff as well. I mean, uh, uh, telling that one story in different media you know the accompanying novels the accompanying short novels diary of laura palmer and and and, mm-hmm. and all of the other little novellas that they released yeah so the transmedia element yeah. of it as well is, it was is huge huge scope in terms of the i think those things were trying to freak us out obviously you had yeah. your twin peaks your are you afraid of the dark your goosebumps your eerie indiana um all of that kind of stuff but i remember one of the like biggest horror moments of my childhood uh came out of nowhere and honestly for years i thought that i dreamt this episode because it was so bizarre and out of nowhere did you ever see the show punky brewster as a child we i know we had it over here and i know that some might friends in school watched it yeah it's familiar that Mm. it existed at least um i was called punky brewster a lot when i was a kid because i dressed just like her like always mismatched shoes and like (laughs) chunky sweaters and stuff like that scrunchies around my arm um but punky brewster the premise of this show was basically that she was an abandoned child and okay, then nice. is taken in by this old man, you know, and they he's like sort of crotchety old British dude. He sounds exactly like Patrick Stewart. Um, and they, you know, bond. And uh-huh. that's kind of the story. So it's really it's kind of a sweet thing. You know, there's it's an 80s show. So, of course, you have random like PSA, very special episodes. For example, her best friend Cherry in one episode got stuck in a refrigerator 
And it turns out we all learned that refrigerators don't open from the inside, or at least in the 80s they didn't. Uh, And so it was like a PSA to get kids to not stay the fuck out of fridges. Yeah, stay out of the fridge. And it worked. (laughs) My friends and I were terrified of the refrigerator. I was like afraid of leaning in too far, like it was going to swallow me. (laughs) Oh God, not the the fridge. Um, So it scared you in weird ways. But they had this one episode, it must have been a Halloween episode, Mm. uh, where Punky and her friends go camping. And it was actually a two-parter. And it starts out and it's like really like quaint and idyllic. There's nothing to hint at you that anything is amiss in this episode at all. They go, there's like this cute little montage of them like fishing and swimming and doing cute camping things, mm. you know. And then the the old man, he sends them off to get firewood, all the kids. And he's like, okay, and don't split up. And so they go and then they get lost while they're finding firewood and they go into this cave Mm -hmm. as you do and it's an indian cave which is apparently a thing (laughs) just indians hanging out in a cave uh for some reason which yeah uh, sure and they um they go into this cave and these like this native american guy who i'm pretty sure is a white man in red face and yep. is Different horribly era. offensive but mm. um he uh, he tells like some story about this young girl who like vanquishes an evil spirit or something they go through this cave the episode ends with them journeying through and all of a sudden there's like all these eyes showing up in the cave like these lit up eyes and then this giant spider just comes out of nowhere with these like fangs and it's all lit up and it's like this neon flashing spider and over the neon flashing spider it says to be continued son of a bitch and i remember (laughs) like sit i remember the all the conditions sitting in my living room it was midday (laughs) it wasn't even dark or anything but me just sitting there like frozen stiff like how did it end what what happened to punky and then they have like a little preview on next week's episode and then it like shows bits of it and i'm like this looks horrifying the second part of it has these like it's weirdly lighthearted, but it's also extremely horrifying where it yeah. starts and the cave has these body parts hanging out of it. Like there's like a leg coming out of the cave here and an arm here. And Punky goes up and she's like, I think it's a friendly arm. I'm like, why would you touch that? And then they're like, but where's the head? And then it's like Vincent Chevelli's head comes out and he's like, I'm over here and you're giving me a headache. She's like, I'm going to call you Mr. Pieces. Like this is all very cute. <laughs> um and then, I'm... like, the friends get, like, inhabited by the spirit, and they become these weird, creepy, like, floating heads and stuck in this... So was it's... this, like, a special Halloween episode, or...? Yeah, I think it was. Because All didn't... that context is gone now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I have no clue why <laughs> they did this. It must have been a Halloween episode or something. But in the end, it turns out she was, like, telling a, a scary story around the campfire. Okay, okay, but okay. But okay. if you Google the imagery from this, and I'll put some up on our, our Twitter, the screen grabs from it. Mm. The imagery in it is absolutely horrifying. <laughs> I, I love the idea that if that fucking got to you then it would have got to millions of other kids yeah across yeah. the country at oh, the man. same time just uh, everybody simultaneously being terrified <laughs> just, yeah. don't go the kids cave, all over the united states yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time it. just sitting there going what <laughs> is 
going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that episode of Pokemon you... that gave everyone seizures. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's just the thing about it was mm. our understanding of the world Punky lived in I see. was that it was verse. the same one. Yeah, it's the same one we live in. Mm. And so when you suddenly put her in this position where nice. yes. there's this monster in it, yeah. Yeah. In a world I thought I understood, if now you've put that monster her, in my world. It can happen yeah. to me. It can happen to me. And it was absolutely scarring. <laughs> and That's it wasn't fantastic. until I was talking about it at a bar like 20 years later, you know, that I brought this up and someone was like, yeah, that was mm. horrifying. I was like, so I didn't hallucinate that. That was a real <laughs> set of episodes of Punky, Punky Booster that happened. in the, the spider cave. Yeah, it's... Wow terrifying you can actually watch it now um nbc came out with this app called peacock mm -hmm. and it has like everything they have ever put out it's crazy but you can actually watch that those episodes on there and just no, i don't think i will yeah <laughs> i'm good <laughs> fine it's great don't worry yeah. about it certainly don't show it to your children i'm actually curious if like a kid would just be like this is cheesy oh, or if they yeah. it, the imagery would work but i still find it it's because sometimes the stuff that's worse is scarier than the stuff mm. that's like really good and believable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there's something even more uncanny is something mm. even more off putting about being like, I can see that that is like a puppet or something like that. Or like I can see behind the curtain and yet that almost makes it weirder. I think you've done a great <laughs> job there of uh, contextualizing that 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 kind of jarring feeling of mm. hang on pre uh, 10 minutes ago i shared a universe with you i shared a reality yes. with you but now you've gone and fucking completely fucked that up i guess is, <laughs> is that the secret to uh, or, or one of the secrets to effective to building mm. an effective scare building an effective creepy horror is to make everything nice and relatable make everything nice and comfortable and then just whip that fucking rug out man right i think that works very well for me you mm. know when it comes to things that i like to watch or that scare me the most i don't know your take on found footage or whatever kinds of things i know there's a pretty hit or miss the paranormal activity movies i always thought that they work especially the fourth one scared mm. me so bad that i had my the back door of my apartment open and i finished it and i couldn't get up and close the door because i was like mm, no i don't there's, I can't. There's, I don't know what's out there. I had to watch like four or five episodes of Boy Meets World before I then got up, ran, slammed it and ran into my room and jumped into my bed. Um, my only take on paranormal but, activity now is that since host came along, they should all be feeling pretty silly. Well, yeah, no, I mean, there's that. But there's I think what is kind of effective about that is exactly what you're saying is that found footage feel to it puts them in your world yes. because you have videos that look exactly like this and you go about your life like that. I mean, I thought that was why the the first one is almost boring uh -huh. uh, for most of it because you're like, this literally is like everybody's life. Yeah. And then <laughs> things suddenly get crazy and that yeah, makes it that. yeah, kind of effective in that way. So I don't know, maybe you're onto something with that mm. being part of, you know, I, you can I either have yet. something that is completely out of your world or one that is in your world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like you said, you. when you share a universe, if it can happen to you, it can happen to me. I like that. Yeah, part. yeah. Which is also why I think, like, home invasion movies and stuff like that are the scariest mm. of all of them. Because you're like, no, that actually, that's in our world. Mm. So... <laughs> I've seen Hush. I found Hush super oh, effective. I love 
Hush. Great movie. Man, that one is. Hush is uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it. And by the way, next week we're going to hit you with a whole bunch of recommendations mm, for your spooky season because Halloween month is coming and we want you to have stuff to listen to every day. <laughs> but Hush is about a deaf woman who uh, a home invader comes and torments and she's trying to escape this guy while not being able to hear where he is about her house. And it is. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Right, and, uh, that's an effective uh, one. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's a fresh take on the home invasion angle. Really yeah, nice. and I think actually the the woman who plays the lead she co-wrote it, didn't she? Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, so it's it's a good one. It's on Netflix. I highly recommend. Um, Mark, I'm very interested in a particular thing that scared you in your youth that you have alluded to that I have avoided doing yeah. any googling of because I'm glad you did I'm glad you did yeah uh, so anyone if you if you talk to any British guy or gal of a certain age right uh, born in the late 70s would have grown up in in, in the 80s uh, and if you mention the name Mr. Nosy Bonk you'll get the same reaction, right? There's something so sinister even about how cute that name is. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Mr. Nosy, he's, he's kind of risen back up in British consciousness of late. Charlie Brooker did a piece about him. Charlie Brooker wrote Black Mirror, for those who haven't heard the name. Um, and he's got an, uh, an infrequent show on British TV called Screen Wipe, where he kind of just chats shit about telly. Uh he brought Nosy Bonk back into public consciousness by kind of just putting some old clips on his show and, and reminding us what a fucked up nightmare that guy was. So he was a part <laughs> of a show called Jigsaw, right? Which was, um, uh, I think it ran up until maybe like 1983, 1984. And Jigsaw was uh, almost like a kind of a variety show for kids. There'd be like puzzles and fun and characters. There was a dinosaur character and ah, great. But every... Every episode of Jigsaw would have like a one minute long skit where they would cut to the antics of Mr. Nosy Bonk. Right. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and paint this. I'm going to try and paint a picture of this guy. So Mm. dressed in a tux. Sure. Okay. Bow tie. Mm. White gloves. (laughs) Almost kind of like a mime. Kind of like a Marcel Marceau kind of mime appearance. But from the neck up, it's fucking chaos. The guy uh, with a white <laughs> mask, right? A white uh, mask with these horrible oh. tiny eyes with just expressionless black pupils. And a rictus fucking grin. Horrible, unchanging, unyielding grin. And just a long ass, uh, almost... Well, it, it kind of looks like just a white, long nose and these staring eyes and hair like he's pulled it off a mop. Uh, would never speak. And every uh, 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 what the guy got up to is 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 secondary to just the appearance <laughs> of this guy. Um, because I would oh run God. from the room. I would bolt from the room in tears. There's Mr. Nosy Bonk. Ah, and I would be fucking gone out of there. Uh, that's I mean that sounds horrendous on every level Mm. and you said when you like looked at it even still you were kind of like even still even today right I'm 41 man Uh, (laughs) but I looked I googled and and YouTubed a couple of of clips of Mr. Nosy Bonk today and man it's real I swear (laughs) 
I've got to I've got to Google this now to actually. Do, um, there's a, a, see. a, a, a... oh, f- <laughs> what? This was on a children's television show. Yep, that's Mister Nosy Bonk from Jigsaw. Stop this! Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Horrific. No, that Horrific. is uh, Mark. I know. I know. Your description was very good, but there's no preparing <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, everyone, please Google this. I'll I mean, put some. Um, I'll put some don't. links on on the yeah. Twitter after this. Um, <laughs> some guy has has made his own kind of uh, 2K version. Uh, so don't you know? Make sure that you're not watching kind of uh, what what this internet comedian has done. But the real deal, right, Mister Nosy Bonk yeah. from 1981, 1982, 1983, is is insane. It's insanely frightening. It's the eyes, just these black little yeah, bulbous know? yeah, with the just the black, mm-hmm. the oversized black pupil. And it, it, I don't know. It, they must have known what they were doing, man, because every single one of these skits at some point would feature him kind of leering into the camera. Looking right down the barrel of the camera at you, <laughs> and it, yeah, you know when you see stuff like that, honestly, well, because so I read there was kind of an oral history type thing of that Punky Brewster episode, uh-huh. and the person who made it was like astounded that this turned out to be so scary for kids. <laughs> like he had no, he was like, "You mean I scarred all of these children?" <laughs> and like they talked to Cherry, and she was like, "Yeah, I, I've never actually seen the episode. I had no mm. idea." Like. All the, they had no clue. I just wonder, and like, yeah. what kind of childhood did these people have yeah. that something like this clearly horrifying Mr. Mm. Nosybonk? And he'd be doing ostensibly kind of comedic stuff, you know what I mean? Mucking about yeah. with, with a yo-yo or, or a funny toy car or whatever. But Yeah, I'm imagining like a Mr. Bean type situation. Exactly or... that, exactly yeah. that. Um, but, you know, the, the, the guy is... Yeah, he's he's what you see in your final moments, you know what I mean? <laughs> Horrific. Oh man. I mean, this I don't know if this is the person you were talking about or whatever, but have people made stuff yeah. with him as like a horror figure? Uh yes. In fact, the 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 kind of the reboot of of Mr. Nosy Bonk that this one guy has done are all putting him in a kind of a horror context a la, yeah. you know, Michael Myers or someone. But yeah. the, the it's it, I think it's the innocence of those initial skits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you enjoy a few of those. I'm gonna put some, some links up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please w- look, look at the Twitter if you are. You're welcome, uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just inflicting this upon unsuspecting Americans. I cannot explain to you how much worse it is when you see it than. Oh, it's horrific. Even an explanation, and I and yes, absolutely I, I, would have been terrified. And it, it, it was by no means just me that 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 yeah. this guy ruined. Um. <laughs> A, a generation we, we are the nosy bonk generation we're the nosy yeah. bonk kids right and fast forward 30 <laughs> years and every fucking week i'm talking about cranial trauma on yeah. a podcast this guy this you know why i don't know i'm not saying yeah there's a connection <laughs> to be made there is all i'm saying oh my god yeah. i wow were there <laughs> shows that you had that were more like are you afraid of the dark or things like that that were intentionally um, <sighs> spooky shows in the was UK? Was there any, any kind of Brit young person's horror? Nothing. Nothing springs to mind. Um, there were. Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, there were there were lots of kind of 
um, young, uh, you know, kids drama series. We had one sure. called Teabag and the Tea Set, which was great. Uh, there was Run the Twist, which was great. There was Grange Hill. But um, these could not sound more British. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I, even as I'm saying them, right, I'm thinking she's just hearing me going, "Oh, I count hey, apples and pears." Wait, um, but I, I'm struggling to recall an example of a, 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 a kind of a Brit goosebumps. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that, like, that British television was a little more limited at that point, too, as well? Like, not as... Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess American television was as well, to an extent. There were only yeah, a few yeah, networks. Yeah. It wasn't like... We're talking the four channels. Conglomerates. just four channels. Just four channels. Yeah. Really. It wasn't movies. quite that limited here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah. So, it, probably it, the production of stuff like that would have been... Wouldn't well, have been as prioritized. Context is king, and you look back, and obviously things look ropey. But at the time, pff, man... You, you, you know, you weren't looking at the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I meant in terms of, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff here that we had, just, like, having shows like that comes from the fact that we also had, you know, a hundred channels. Oh, I see. On regular television or whatever mm. to to choose from. Or that a lot of the stuff, like Goosebumps and, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was made in Canada. Most of it was made in Toronto. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of our stuff was imports from um, from Canada at the time. So I wonder, you know, how much that exchange has to do also with the kinds of stuff that we watched. Mm. Um, I feel like Canadians were a little bit a little bit twisted. No, more <laughs> twisted than we. Everyone's like, oh, they're so friendly and everything. I'm like, they gave us a lot of weird. Did you see scary Punky going in the cave? <laughs> like, there's just a lot of a lot of weird death and. And things like that. I always am torn because you always look back at your childhood or whatever and and you're nostalgic about it, right? And there's things that you're like, oh, I wish the kids these days had this. And I don't know, maybe kids these days are less traumatized than we were. But I do miss that kind of show and that now that isn't. There was a show called The Haunted Hathaways on Disney Channel, um, like maybe eight or nine years ago that kind of picked I up this tradition was on, about uh, Disney plus. I think we have on Disney. Yeah. Plus. And it's mm. like a, a dead black family that haunts. Another yes. Yes. Family. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and just watched yeah. a few of them. It's actually quite funny. Yeah. It was mm. great. I enjoyed that. And it was like, since actually one of my favorite shows of all time. And this is one, um, you can watch this on Disney plus it's called so weird. Okay. Um, and it was like a very heartfelt show, but it was about a girl whose dad had died um, and she when she was a baby. Yeah. So she didn't really have any connection to him, but really, really wanted to be connected to him. Mm. And she dedicated her life to like all kinds of paranormal things. Right? So she would go places and her mom was uh, an, a singer named Molly Phillips, who was actually played by Mackenzie Phillips. Okay. Um, and so she uh, was on tour with her mother and everywhere she went, she would find something with like aliens or ghosts or things like that. And there was always this undercurrent of will she somehow get connected with her father? Okay, and I see. the ghost she of find her father. What she's looking for, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh unfortunately after two seasons they replaced the lead with like another character and it's like, who cares? This is about <laughs> me looking for her dad. This is so you. dumb. Who are you? Yeah, but it was like it wasn't necessarily scary, but it was a good spooky show that dealt with death. It dealt with stuff like racism and mm. all kinds of issues on this show. Um that was like very 
it was heavy and yet it was like fun and lighthearted at the same time. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that I feel like it just has this emotional depth to it on top of the spooky stuff. Like the the paranormal stuff is a a vessel. Yes. For getting yes. Yeah. a lot across across in terms of emotional depth that I think is kind of important for kids because kids' if parents do die. Yeah, totally. And if, if you're going to land a, a message, you know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. just kind of drop it in episode one. You've mm-hmm. got you've to spend some time getting getting someone into that world. You've got to spend some, some time getting somebody to, to fall in love with and to get to know characters. Mm-hmm. And that's when you've got that power then to wrap a message up yeah. in that. Because um, Punky Brewster could scare the shit out of me uh-huh. uh, and make me afraid of the fridge for a long time, but it's not quite the same thing as the depth of something like no. uh, so weird over the course of time, getting me to the point where I can start to emotionally understand these really mm-hmm. deep concepts about death and whatnot, you know, that and family and weird mm-hmm. dynamics and race in America and yada yada. Like, that's a whole other kind of thing, but I loved those kinds of scary shows that did that you know uh doctor who does it very very mm, deftly yes doctor who is very yes, skilled at doing it the episode last mm-hmm. year with rosa parks um mm-hmm. alan and i spoke a great deal uh, about that uh yeah. it, it 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 just conveyed the gravity of 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 that lady's life and mm-hmm. like i just said if if uh if punky brewster had millions of kids shitting themselves at the tv at the same time yeah. What Doctor Who did last year was it had millions of kids watching the TV at the same time who all bang instantly now know the mm-hmm. the gravity of, of what took place there. Yeah, absolutely. And I grew up on, on Doctor Who as a kid and everything, so it's near and dear to my heart, but it yeah. absolutely, absolutely does that exact same thing. And also sometimes was extremely scary. Yes. So yep. there's, there's uh, that. It isn't shy about turning up the, the scares. I um, made one of my characters on Animal Crossing say, don't blink. I think it's so Worst much, yeah. choice. Worst choice <laughs> yeah. I have ever made. Yeah. It's terrifying every mm. single time. Like, okay, I'm not talking to this until it asks me to change its tag. There was an excellent scary statue in the last couple of moments of that episode of Eerie in the graveyard. Made me think of Oh, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. You know, I love anything with a graveyard. I'm a, I'm a graveyard fanatic, which is great because the area that we've uh, moved to around here has tons mm-hmm. of them. Oh, really? uh, I drove through one the other day that it's literally on both sides of the freeway. So it's like a full freeway. And on each side, there is just this long, huge, old cemetery, nice. uh, which also makes me wonder, was the were there graves here before and they just moved them? Uh, which is unsettling. Um, and then, what could you know, possibly go wrong in that situation? What could situation? possibly go wrong? You move the graves. <laughs> ah, that's fine. move yeah. the bodies. It's going to be fine. Um, but, you know, there's... And then I just randomly was driving around and found this this old church um, in Orange, which is a couple towns over, which is where mm. my dad is from. Um, and apparently I Googled the church afterwards because I saw the cemetery outside and I was like, that looks old. And it was from like the, the late 1600s or early 1700s, it's like a very Ooh. early settlement around here, which again, I... British people are always like, you're old is not old. But I'm like, but for here, that is very old. So I'm going to go play in it. Good. That's what I'm saying. Mm. How are you feeling? Grand, thank you. I, I feel as though I've, um, that again, another week of therapy. Hey. I mean, <laughs> if people listen, that's fantastic. But if you don't, eh, it's fine. I'm, I'm far healthier as a result of this. So Yeah, we're just working thing. shit out. Or... On the other hand, I've inflicted Mr. Nosy Bonk on you um, the, in yeah. seven days. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark had therapy. I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah. So it's, it's really good the way that this has worked out. Cultural. No. Um, if you had uh, a thing from childhood that terrified you, please do tell us all mm. about it. Um, yes. Because. A, if something is a large enough problem, we're going to just have to do an episode on it. Yep. B, we just want to hear all about that. So do let us know on the Twitter at Jack of All Graves. Um, and we post little little clips, usually sort of outtakes that I don't include in the <laughs> podcast, but also things from the podcast, often Mark explaining stuff. Uh, I do that for all the, all the fans out there who are in love with his accent. Ah, oh, that's too kind. That's too kind. Um, uh, the reason, <laughs> the reason, the reason I'm chuckling there is because I will never not be delighted at our counterpart over on Instagram. Ah, oh, man, he's great. <laughs> he or she, they're great. Uh, I keep checking yeah. in from time to time, and they're still posting just weird ass fucking pervy yeah. filth on that Instagram account. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone someone texted me or someone tweeted at us the mm-hmm. other day and was yeah. like, "Whoa, you were not kidding about that Instagram!" Like, no, yes. not at all. It's a it's quite a quite a little treat for you. So you know, <laughs> there's that. But again, that's not us. So don't don't try to talk to us there. Talk to I've, us on the Twitter uh, at Jack of All Graves. I've got a quote from the bio. I love it so much. Uh, Jack of <laughs> God of the sensual and grotesque night pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> There's there are a few words worse than pleasures Grotes- plural. <laughs> Grotesque <laughs> just, night pleasures. Like anytime someone says pleasures, yeah. it just it's the seediest. Like you yeah, know their basement is a catastrophe. <laughs> it's, it just, oh, no, thank you. Anyway, listen, I'm not gonna um, kink. So, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame him, man. Crack no. on, Jack of all graves on Insta. If you ever listen to this, buddy, you fucking <laughs> go to it. <laughs> um, Life is short. Yeah. <laughs> Contact us about all your favorite grotesque pleasures uh, on the Twitter. Actually, and, you know what? Maybe uh, don't. You... <laughs> Maybe keep it to yourself. <laughs> but uh, and if you uh, are enjoying listening to us, please tell us about it. We love to hear it. And also uh, rate and review on mm. iTunes, on Stitcher, on all the things. I saw we have five whole reviews on iTunes, which is pretty cool. Oh, uh, do we? Five five star reviews and three okay. written reviews. So cool. I'm. Okay very excited about about that so thank you guys for writing those or just rating i guess you don't have to write a review with it you can just rate it give us those stars and uh we would appreciate that as well um Mm. just to sort of get people's eyes on it and recommend us if you know somebody who is a weirdo and would enjoy listening to this stuff we want appreciated yeah we want to be your your horror besties so Particularly as we glide into spooky season, you know, particularly yeah. as we get crispy leaves and bonfires and fucking I know. It, early darkness. Mark is, I love it. Mark is bathed in orange light, just really, um, yeah, taking it all in. My neighbors yeah. have started putting up their Halloween decorations. Uh, I'm just... Help me out. What is Spirit Halloween? <laughs> Fuck is that? Spirit Halloween is... Um, it is a Halloween superstore okay. that pops up every year for like a brief period of time. And it usually wow. takes up a building where some other building has closed or something like that. So uh-huh. yeah, it's things every... will turn into a spirit Halloween every year. God and they damn sell... yeah. I, I, I see this store opening up and the, the, they seem to have the coolest stuff, the best. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a mix of like your very cheap, like rip off 
costumes of things. Like, you know, it's a Spider-Man costume, but it says insect man. Spider guy. (laughs) Yeah, spider guy. (laughs) Things like that. Um, But, you know, all of your latex masks with that sickly sweet smell in them. Like, all of that stuff in there. But then all of the... Like, that's just where you go get your your decorations and everything. So it's a nightmare for me as an easily startled person walking through there because there's so many things that, (laughs) yeah, yeah, jump out when you're walking by. And uh, but yes, that's what Spirit Halloween is. And so it's like a running joke about Spirit Halloween every year. But I see. Thank you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Now you need to explain what s'mores are, but that's another cast. What? I don't know. What the fuck is a s'more? I don't know. I see. I see it getting talked about a lot, but I've. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Sandlot? No. Nope. You've never seen the Sandlot. <gasps> oh, Mark, you have to watch the Sandlot with I'll your write youngsters. It down. I'm gonna write it down. It's oh my gosh! It's such a charming, delightful little movie, um, about these kids who play pickup baseball in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's a whole scene in there in which the main character doesn't know what s'mores are. It's me. And he's like, I am that character. He's like, how can I have s'more if I haven't had anything? And famously, the other character says, you're killing me, smalls. And that is like a tagline that's on T-shirts and all kinds of things. I've heard you quote that self-same line before now. Yep. (laughs) I didn't understand it then and I don't understand it tonight. (laughs) You just accepted it. I just Cory doing Cory do stuff. Like, yeah, it's just a weird thing Cory says. Listen, that is an issue. I used every time I used to like dress up in weird things for like Halloween or stuff like that. People would be like, "I wasn't sure if she was in costume or if she was just doing a weird Cory thing." I'm like, it's fine. It's a that's a fair question. <laughs> Who knows? It's but good. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't change you. I wouldn't have you any other way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, yes, yeah, s'mores are graham crackers with. Um, a chocolate bar, piece of chocolate bar in it, and marshmallows. Uh, but you roast the marshmallow, and then you put it in the middle, and then okay. it kind of melts. Or you can make it all together in tin foil. You usually do this over a campfire, uh-huh. uh, and you get this gooey, melty okay. marshmallow okay. chocolate and graham cracker, and it's oh, thank you. You it's see, delightful. The this cultural is cultural exchange, exchange of people. knowledge continues. It's beautiful. <laughs> I give you a fucked up kind of murdering yeah. guy with a big nose and and you give me yeah. delicious cracker yeah. treats yes <laughs> it's a it's a very fair trade okay everybody you stay spooky out there yes see you next week <laughs>